a summary of the Sikha. It's already been dis- uh, discussed many times that the name of a Seder expresses the theme of the Seder and that every part of the Seder expresses the theme of the Seder. Yet in this Seder we find something strange. The name of the Seder is Chayyasara, the life of Sarah. Yet the entire Seder talks about events that happened after she passed away. And not only is it talking about events that happened to happen, happened to occur after she passed away, but that they describe things which talk about her, the fact that she wasn't alive anymore. The first pa- story in the Seder is about Avram Avinu buying Ma'or Samachpeila to bury Sarah. The second story is about the marriage of Yitzchak, about which the Torah concludes that he married Rivka and he brought her into his, the tent of Sarah, his mother, and she, he was comforted by her presence because she was like Sarah, his mother. In other words, he stopped feeling the loss of his mother as much. So in other words, it also brings out the fact that he married in order to make up the loss of his mother, in a certain sense. And then the third story of the, uh, of the Parsha is that Avram Avinu remarried, took another wife, Keturah, and what happened with their children, and these are the children of Ishmael. So all of these things go contrary to the life of Sarah. So why is it that it's called Chaya Sarah? So to explain this, let's first look at the first story. In the, the, in the purchase of the Ma'aras HaMachpela, it doesn't talk so much about the burying of Sarah. It talks about the whole um, negotiation between Avram and uh, Ephraim and Bnei Ches. makes a big deal of that. Why is that so important? Also, in, in the discussion that they had, Avram said, I am a stranger, I am a citizen. Those are contradictory ideas. So the Chazal tell us that he said, if you want, you can treat me like a stranger and I'll buy it from you. And if you don't want, then I'll be, I can take it uh, by law because Hashem told me that I will give it to me, to my children. So that itself needs to be explained. If Avram had the right to take it, so why does he want to purchase it? And we have to understand, what does he mean he has a right to take it? Hashem told him that he would eventually give it to him, so, but now he doesn't have the right to take it. So what did he mean by that? Also, at the very end of the Pasha, we have to understand, it says that and when Avram Avinu passed away, Yitzchak and Yishmol buried him. And it says Yitzchak before Yishmol. From this, our sages learn that Yishmol did tshuva and he allowed Yitzchak to go before him. So from this, we know that Yishmol did tshuva. Why is it that the Torah alludes and tells us, and hints to us, that Yishmol did tshuva only after the passing of Avram and not before when we know that he actually did tshuva before because Avram Avinu requested that he should become a mensch and Hashem said that he will and that Beseva Teva you will die with a good old age means that because Yishmol did tshuva therefore he had nachas from him too so what happened before Avram passed away why does it only bring it why does the Torah only tell it to us at the end of Avram after Avram's life in the context of the burial of Avram so we have to understand this, we have to explain the difference between Avram Avinu's Avedah and Sarah's Avedah. Avram Avinu was a Av HaMoyim Goyim. He was the father of multitudes of nations. Avram Avinu promoted godliness to everyone, even to those people that served, that worshipped the dust on their legs. He worshipped everyone and it didn't matter that if later they would reject it, later they wouldn't keep up with it. He got them to say at one time that was good enough. That's what he did. Sarah, on the other hand, 
she was the mother of Yitzchak. Her focus was that all of Kedusha should be focused dafke into Yitzchak and that none of it should go away to Yishmol. As she said, she wanted, she banished uh, Hagar and Yishmol and all of this was because Yishmol said that I am the rightful heir. So Asara said, no, 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 none of this goes to anywhere but to Yitzchak. All Kedusha has to be directed only to Yitzchak. So that's a major difference between the Avoid of Avram and the Avoid of Sarah. And this explains why Avram was disturbed by the fact that she wanted to banish Yishmol from the household. Vayera, Dova, this was something that disturbed him because he wanted that Yishmol should also, he, he brought Kedusha to everyone. Avsara recognized that Kedusha needs to be brought primarily only to Yitzchak. That's where it belongs. And this is the theme that is brought out in all three stories of this parsha. The Ma'aras HaMachpelah was actually the place where Adam and Chava were buried. They were the first ones to be buried there. So by that, from that perspective, one could say it belongs to all human beings. Everyone is a child of Adam and Chava. So therefore, anyone has a connection to Ma'aras HaMachpelah. Comes along the parsha and says, no, it was purchased dafke for burial of Sarah. It has no connection to anyone else other than Sarah and therefore that's where the burial of Avram and Sarah and Yitzchak and Rivka and, and Yaakov and Leah and that it has no connection to anyone else. The same, sto- the same idea is brought out by the second story where um, when it came time for Yitzchak to marry let's look at Eliezer. It tells the story of Eliezer. Eliezer was a person, an agent that would uh, uh, teach the teachings of his master Deilu Mashke Teres Rabbi that he would teach the teachings of Abram to other people as well. He was a very elevated person. They, all kinds of miracles happened for him during this, in the story, in this parasha. Our sages tell us that that the conversation that Eliezer had with Lovanam Suel which is a repetition of the story that actually happened, is more important for the Torah to relate to us than even many halachas, which are alluded to by one letter or one word or one kites. And in other words, that the words of Eliezer were so important that many, many psukim are repeated just to relate his conversation. So he was a very important person. Yet, and he belonged to Avram, he was one of Avram's people. Yet, he wanted that his daughter should marry Yitzchak and Avram said absolutely not you are cursed and Yitzchak is blessed there's a vast difference between you and Yitzchak so not only other people from the world have no shaykhs to Yidin but even the people that were close to Avram even they have no connection to Yidin as Sarah insisted and then comes the third story of the parsha where the children of Avram himself, Yishmael and the children of Keturah, they were the actual children of Avram. And yet Avram sent them away and he gave everything that he had to Yitzchak and he sent them away from Yitzchak and he gave them some gifts, to, uh, parting gifts and goodbye. And so that even his own children have no, con- no comparison to Yitzchak. Again, bringing out the Avedah of Sarah in that story as well which explains why the story of Yishmael's tshuva is, explain, is brought out only in that context because the main tshuva of Yishmael was to acknowledge 
that he is only the son of the maidservant, that he has no business being the heir of Avram. And that is expressed after Avram passed away when he acknowledged that Yitzchak is the true heir and he is in charge of the burial and he let him go first and so on. To explain this on a deeper level, the whole purpose of the creation, which includes all the nations of the world, is only Bishvil Yisroel. It only exists in order to allow the Yidin to be able to carry out their mission in this world. And if a Goy doesn't fulfill its, his mission in uh, facilitating a Yid's mission, then he has no business existing altogether. He loses his reason to exist because that's the only reason that he exists in this world. Which explains why the Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Noyach if a goy violates any one of the Sheva Mitzvah, even those that wouldn't seem that important, is Chayim Misa. What's the reason? Because the, the Sheva Mitzvahs don't have any other integral reason other than to create a safe place, an orderly place, in which for, for which the Yidin are able to carry out their mission. So as long as a goy is fulfilling that purpose, his purpose of existence, so then he deserves to live and he, there's a reason for him to live. But if he violates that and he doesn't fulfill his mission in the world, there's no reason for him to live anymore at all. And this is explained in all of the three stories in this parsha as well. Hashem created Eretz Yisrael in such a way that it was going to eventually end up by the Yidin. It's there in order to be given to the Yidin. However, Hashem had a plan. It has to go in a certain way. Most of it was given to the Yidin in the time of Yeshua. That's when Hashem decided that it should be given to them. And it had to be done through conquering and so on. But then there were certain things, for instance, that Hashem decided it should go to the Yidin in the time of Avram and that it should be purchased. So therefore Avram said to them, if you fulfill the purpose of why you own the Amaras HaMachpelah, which is to sell it to me so that it will become mine, so then fine, let's do it that way. But if you don't agree with that, then it doesn't belong to you to begin with. There's no reason why you have it. You lose your connection to it because you're not fulfilling the Hashem's plan for the Amaras HaMachpelah, and therefore I'm just stepping in and I'm taking it. The same is true also for the story of the marriage of Yitzchak, of the Shidduch of Yitzchak. That as long with the whole reason why all these uh, miracles happen, and as, uh, as Eliezer related to Tepsul and, and Lavan, was so that they should also recognize that may Hashem that this is something that came from Hashem, that Rivka is here in order to be the wife of Yitzchak, and that Besuel Yola, this Rivka, the only reason that Besuel exists altogether is in order to bring the birth, the birth of Rivka, and that the moment that he tried to interfere with that, as the Rashi tells us that he wanted to delay uh, Rivka being able to go to Yitzchak, so he died. In other words, that if he delays, he doesn't fulfill his m- purpose in the world, he doesn't exist anymore. And that's also the third story, which talks about Yishmol and, the, uh, and his acknowledging and so on. As the, the, the parsha ends, Alpnei kol echav nafal. It talks about where, Esav, uh, where Yishmol settled. He fell be, before his sons, before his brothers. In other words, he inhabited that area. But why does he use the word Nafal. Why doesn't it say he lived there? What does Nafal mean? So our sages tell us that as long as, uh, as Avram was alive, as long as Avram was alive, then he was Yishkain. Then he dwelled, he lived where he was. Then when Avram died, so then Nafal, then he fell. He was fallen. But what does this mean really? That what it means is that 
Avram prayed that Yishmael should do tshuva, so that he should become a mensch. What was the content, the meaning of his becoming a mensch? That he should a- acknowledge what Sarah said, that he is merely the son of the, uh, of the maidservant, and that Yitzchak is the true heir. That was what his tshuva was about. So as long as Avram was living within him, this prayer that Avram said, that he should acknowledge the truth, as long as it's alive with him and he acknowledges it, then there's Yishka, and then he has a reason to live, then he exists, then, there's a re- then he is living and he has a right to life. But if he stops acknowledging that, when Avram Avinu within him dies, and he no longer acknowledges that reality, so then Nafal, then he has no reason to exist anymore. So all of these things are an expression of Sarah's life's work. And what's the reason that it was revealed only after she passed away? Why is this, all this happening only after she passed away? Because the ultimate perfection, when a person is alive in this world and they do their Avaidah, the Avaidah is not necessarily revealed. As we know by Ganeidin, Ganeidin is where all of your life's work is revealed to you and that's what the meaning of Nen Emezivashchina. So Sarah also the, all the work that she put in during her 127 years came to life, was revealed after she passed away. That's when its perfection was revealed. The Rebbe relates this whole thing to the dispute that was going on at that time about Maurus and Machpelah, that the Arabs think that they have a connection to it, they have a shaykhaz to it, that they have no connection to it at all, both because they are not really the heirs of Yishmol to begin with, and even if they were, Yishmol is not the heir to the Maros and Machpelah, and it doesn't belong to them, including the entire Eretz Yisrael, and the Yidin just have to be on board with that, they have to relate to it themselves, and then be able to explain it properly to the Goyim with clarity, and then they, the Goyim will stop putting pressure.